Why would America sell their beef and their chicken processing plants to China, homie? Them people take our food and send it back to their country and then send it back to us. You're submitting. How many were you submitting, like, at a time per week or what? It varies, but per month, I was probably doing between 10 to 12. Yeah, per month. I was going hard, man. But a lot of people don't understand, with the federal government, there's no proposal writing. That's what a lot of people get hung up on. Okay, so the state level, you have to write a proposal. You hear Mm -hmm. people say, oh, I I hired a proposal writer to write my proposals. Okay, cool. In the federal government, there's no proposal writing. You're just submitting documents. Mm -hmm. Anybody can do that. But guess who's submitting the documents? I'm calling my subcontractor to give me the document that I need. I'm still not doing that. I'm being the best echo. The government says, hey... We need these three documents. Okay, cool. Hey, subcontractor, I need these three documents. They submit the documents to me. I just look them over for, you know, clarity, make sure they read well, because it has to read well. Then I submit that in my package. So that's how I was able to move like this. And what happened when it started to click, where that joint started hitting, like you're getting these contracts? What, what What do you think happened? I probably started to take my time. Mm. I I probably started to take my time and started to really, really dive into helping the subcontractors because now I'm starting to understand they don't know that I'm I'm going after a contract for five years. They don't have to charge me all this money up front. They can start to get their money throughout the years like me progressively. Mm. So if it starts out at ten thousand, by the end of year five, we at twenty five thousand, or we possibly at thirty five. So in the beginning, I just was accepting all quotes. Okay, you want hundred thousand? Great, and I just put money on top of the hundred thousand. Okay, now I start to look at prices a little bit different. I say, hey, where can we adjust your price? Because this is going to be a five year run. When I started to do stuff like that and have conversations with the sub. You're negotiating oh with my the gosh. sub. Yeah. That's when that I started to take off because now that when I put my sense, money on bro. top, you feel me? When I put my money on top, I have a competitive quote to the government and overall everybody looks good. Gotcha. That's so when it started to click. In the beginning it was just like, all right, you want a hundred thousand? All right, I'm gonna charge the government a hundred and ten thousand or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but you're negotiating the number price. with the cover, the mm-hmm. subcontractor. Here's my question, because you have 40 people, 40 contracts now, meaning your money is reliant on them performing, yep. which seems scary to me. Ah, okay. How do you manage that? Because I if I said, I'm like, yo, Joe, you go install the elevator. And he's a janky company. Right, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how, that's, for me, that, that would be one of the things that turned me off, like, ah, yeah. I don't know. Because they out there, right? The, the companies that look good on their website, the company that has the rep, the great representative that answers the phone mm-hmm. and all that sounds good, but their work is just trash. Mm-hmm. It's out there. 
All you do is you just get them out there. Remember, I'm getting three quotes from three different companies. I might just go with this one because they're the lowest, but I got two others sitting on the bench ready to go if this company is jacking up. Now, I don't manage them while they're out there working Mm. because I tap into what's called the point of contact at the facility. They're there every day. I'm not even nowhere near close to that. So I'm building that work for them or you hire your own. Oh, I don't hire anybody. So when you get awarded a contract, right, the government gives you a point of contact at the facility to basically oversee your contract. The government gives you a point of contact contact at the facility. Yeah. So let's say. Give me an example. Yeah. So let's say it's a janitorial contract. So the, the workers come in there every single day, but it's a person at the government facility assigned to watch that work. I see. They have their My own job, manager. There you go. My job is to be buddy-buddy with that point of contact at the facility. Oh, you're giving the sauce now. <laughs> yeah, you're giving the sauce now. Then that's how you manage it. I, half the time, guess how many times I talk to my subcontractor? How much? Twice. Invoicing time. Invoicing. Like, when it's time, I, I didn't get the invoice on time. Hey, um, LLC, John LLC, I didn't get your invoice. What's going on? Can you submit your invoice? Because mm-hmm. I want them to submit the invoice to me on time so I can keep that train rolling. Mm-hmm. Or the second time I call them, I just haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah. Hey, I know everything's going good. Are you satisfied? Like, we good? Yeah. And, you know, just chop it up. So you hire a ex-company to do this job. Have you ever had a situation where, like, you paid them? Maybe, like, you paid them and they didn't do the job. You got to, like, dip, dip into your bread. To get a new company to come out, which may be a higher quote. Yeah. yeah. So the back half of that situation has has happened a lot. I got to get another company, but now they don't want to be at the first company's rate. Mm-hmm. So now it just dip into my my money, yeah. right? So if I'm at ten rights and I got to go into that, that's cool. Price I'm still yeah. yeah. You want five thousand of my money? You can have it. I'm still getting five rights. We're not doing any work at right. all. Right? It's not a big deal. I don't sweat the small stuff now. What happens is if they don't do the work, they're not performing. We get paid in the rears. So it's 30, it's net 30. So they got to do the work first or not do the work before I even pay them. So oh. I'm not paying them and then they go do the work. They do the work, then I pay them. So the government pays in the rears. Yep. So you got to say, yo, I got, I need a net something with y'all. Yeah. You paying me every, but you need help to give birth to it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why people get coaches. I've got a mentor in every single company we own. I have a mentor. Mm-hmm. And that's where people go wrong. I have so much purpose. In, but, but I just met with CJ yesterday for two hours. I said at his feet, I'm older than CJ, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I said at his feet because I'm like, yo, bro, give me the game. Like, help me understand. I want to learn from you. I pay Alex Burton 10 grand for his dispatching. I mean, his trucking course. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I... 
People need to invest in themselves wherever they are. If you're trying to have the best marriage, then get some marriage books. Get some marriage coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like Marriage Inc. At Marriage Inc. That's my, me and Tracy's marriage coaches. Like, I would be divorced. I would not have a wife today if it wasn't for them. Like, if you want to win in finances, then you got to get with somebody in that financial space. Like, you got to be willing to get with a midwife or, 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 or uh, what do you call it? The OBGYN. Somebody to help you give birth to whatever that thing is. For the people that feel stuck, you got to get with someone that can unstuck you. You know what I'm saying? And that's the problem. But a lot of people feel like they want to do it on their own or they prideful or they don't want to don't want to make that investment and they wonder why no nothing changed. Well you gotta make a decision, right? And I believe everybody's everybody can go to that next level if their belief system is intact. But they gotta believe. I was one way in life and I was there forever because of my specific belief system. But when I changed my brain, I changed my life. It all starts with your brain. What you think is what you say. What you say is what you do. What you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Your habits create your character, and your character determines your destiny. But it all starts right here inside your brain. I'm going to give it to him again. Can I do it again? What you think is what you say. What you say is what you do. What you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Be cautious. I'm going to put up, put in the music. People think, oh, I'm going to go to the studio every day, and one of these songs is going to be a hit. Yeah, one of them songs is going to be a hit, but not if you don't got no money. You have to have some money behind the song. Period. It ain't gonna work. Nobody's gonna hear. You're only gonna set yourself up for the be these bigger artists who have money to be digging like they do. These bigger artists, they don't do anything but go on YouTube, find artists who don't got no money, and steal their shit. You feel me? They steal their shit. Yes, y'all know. Y'all heard about it. Oh man, that was my song I made in 2015. That was my song I made in 2014. That is not fake. That's all real. They're going to go take your song and switch that shit around. So you need to stop putting out that fucking music and get a bag. Get the bag. You get more respect anyways from everybody, from the vloggers, from this person, from that person. They definitely want to see you come from the ground up, but they definitely want you to have everybody. Like for me, right? I, like I'm, I'm assigned somebody, right? But me, I need a hustler like myself. You feel me? Like, you, like, when you look at all these other artists who have these guys that they sign, notice that they sign big hustlers. Big time niggas that's getting money. Big, you know, niggas ain't really just going to sign and niggas that ain't got no type of hustle in them because it's almost like a drag. It's almost like a, you know what I'm saying? It's one of them, like, damn, bro. You feel me? Like, niggas is looking for that. That hustling nigga, the nigga that make you excited when they come around because they always get to the bag. That's fun. You want a, you want a fun motherfucker. Like, you know that they always got their head out that's needy. You know what I'm saying? So most of the time, that's what people, like if it's a street guy, they looking for, if they got bags and they looking for niggas inside, they looking for stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So on the other end, as far as labels, they more look for younger shorties who they can kind of fuck over. You know what I'm saying? That's the new game right now. When you're too smart, they don't really be wanting too much to deal with you because it's like, you're too smart. <laughs> but we can get this little 17, 16, 15-year-old nigga that we can blow him up big and really check a bag off his ass because he don't know nothing about nothing. $50,000 is like $500,000 to him, a million dollars to him, you know what I'm saying? Get his ass a few little chains and then Shit, let him do a show, but we gonna make majority of all the money off his this, off that, this, that. 
they basically just sucking the motherfucker dry, but they're gonna make them super, super famous. You know what I'm saying? So that's why you see a lot of people that that's real famous, that's younger, not real, real rich. They don't be really rich. You know what I'm saying? You just be like, damn, I thought this person was like rich, rich, but nah, because the labels is getting rich as fuck off this person, but they spoon feeding them. You know what I mean? So. You just gotta have your paperwork in order. You gotta have your management in order. You gotta have your account in order. You have to have your lawyer on retainer. You know what I'm saying? You have to, um, you gotta have, if you ask Captain uh, BMI shit together, you know what I'm saying? And it's basically just about having the finances, man. It's just like a business. Your music is a business. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like a lot of people don't understand that. You, how are you so good at music? And then when it comes to the business or contracts or um, finances, you don't know anything about it. But you talking about you you clearly just doing music for no reason. And in your head, you're not thinking that I'm going to be the biggest rapper in the world. Okay, what comes with being the biggest rapper in the world? Damn, lawyers, um, accountants, uh, taxes. Um, you feel me? That's how you got to think. That's the only way that you going to really be the top nigga in the world. You know what I'm saying? I don't see no other way of being the biggest rapper in the world if you ain't thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? You just going to the studio doing some music because clearly you're wasting your money. Also, if you go start your LLC, let's say whatever you call your LLC, Trap Boy or Big Dog LLC, right? So, if you got an LLC and it's about music, from the studio should be a write-off. When you go in the studio and you pay for your studio time, let's say if you spend five hours a day in the studio, everything should be a write-off. All the clothes you buy, you as an artist should be a write-off. The cars you're driving, it should be a write-off. Where you stand should be a write-off. You're an artist, you're an entertainer, always. Every, when you go in the strip club, you, I need 5,000 ones, but give me a receipt. You feel me? Get that to your account. That should be a write-off because you're an artist. You're a brand. But a lot of y'all niggas is just wasting y'all money and not knowing this, though. When you go shoot that video, that's a write-off. When you go get that car for your video or hop on that jet for your video or whatever you got to do, it's all a write-off. It's just about being smart and knowing what you need to know to be a bigger artist. Like, this is how you, like, be a successful music artist, bro. Like, without, you don't have to be real major. We're talking about a successful music artist, you know what I mean? Like, because like I say, you can take over the music game, right? But you, most of these musicians, they are dipped off into other things that's making a lot of money. Whether it's real estate, whether it's this, whether it's that. That's where they real money come from. The music is cool, but I mean, the fame level, man, you can go to it. Also, I'm going to tell y'all, you can actually, let's say you really like Interscope. Let's say you really like 300. You can actually go to them and let them know, like, hey, I want to partner with you guys. I want to I have a partnership. And you can basically pay them to help push you. You know what I'm saying? All this shit is not what people think, like, as far as, like, from the blogs to the, you know what I'm saying? All this shit is, 
done right, but it takes some money though. Don't be cheap. If you cheap, then people won't treat you like shit. You know what I'm saying? If if they feel like you really believe in yourself, spend that bread, you're gonna get far. But a lot of people who 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 have companies and who have business that are cheap don't get nowhere because it takes money to make money. No matter in what field you do, it takes Monster Cody, you can go get all you can go get all them OGs that the, that's that's on camera talking and ask them to show you how they live and where they live and you will see, man, they really homeless. OG Percy is a crack addict, huh? Everybody know he smoked crack, huh? That's a dope fiend. That's a dope fiend, huh? I ain't never smoked crack. So I'm saying, okay, that's why they love DMX. They loving the dope. Man, this is the dope crack babies. They despise their mamas, but they idolize the dope fiend rappers, the dope fiend gangsters, but they resent their mothers. They resent their grandmothers for being dope fiends. Only to look at these men to idolize, not look up to. They don't look up to these men. They idolize. So I'm saying, man, uh, the only reason we went back and forward is because I spoke on something and it was right. Y'all fighting for what, homie? Y'all for to do a fight for what? Two black men for the fight for what? So now we done tricked the world to believe that only black men can solve their problems is in the boxing ring. Like they you have, said, let's have a spelling bee, right? Man, a debate. <laughs> Nigga, let's nigga, let's have a let's let's have a, a obstacle. Let's go do an obstacle course, nigga. I challenge any grown man, homie, on this internet talking, nigga. Produce th this how you separate the man from the boy. Nigga, get out them corners. Take that camera out that corner and flip around. Let's see how you niggas living, homie. For you to have so much, see this what make me such a bad motherfucker. And I I yeah, I can pat myself on the back. See, because I can stand on this shit, my nigga. All the shit that I'm saying, I can stand on. I can pull your news articles. Man, I've been doing this. Man, let's come over here and do this. Come, I can do that. They can't, homie. They got to put themselves in front of the camera and talk for drama. I'm talking for change. It's just I got a bunch of niggas bringing a bunch of drama to me. I came to the internet positive. But I got so much hate on the internet, nigga, I'm going to reflect what's before me. I'm going to reflect what's before me, nigga. And you think I'm going to get an internet the real me? They going to keep getting this goddamn character that they tuned in. They'll never get the real me. You's a dumb motherfucker, Charleston White. You are a dumb bitch. And I will slap the fuck out your ass, nigga, if you were sitting right here saying some shit like that, nigga, about our profit, nigga. I don't give a fuck if you don't believe in it, you dumb motherfucker. I don't believe in the Buddhists. I don't believe in the Jehovah Witness. I don't believe they, they got the correct answers. But I'm not going to say nothing about their motherfucking religion, nigga. So you keep your motherfucking, keep your motherfucking bad thoughts to yourself, nigga. 
Okay, don't you speak about Islam, nigga, or even Christianity, nigga, talking that shit about God, nigga. And I pray that when you get to your grave, nigga, your ass will burn in hell, nigga, and the flesh will be burnt up, nigga, and your face will melt, nigga, as punishment from God, nigga, for the shit that you said, nigga. You talked all that motherfucking shit, nigga, while you was in your life, nigga, to try to impress motherfuckers on social media, nigga. I'm a dumb motherfucker. I'm a dumb motherfucker, but I still got respect for God, nigga. I still get on my motherfucking knees and pray and bow down, nigga. I ain't never met God, nigga, but whatever the fuck is out there, nigga, I'm not gonna threaten to talk shit about it, motherfucker. Dumb motherfucker talking about it ain't no God. Look around, you dumb motherfucker. Look at the trees, the apples, the oranges, nigga. The Quran says we put sweet milk in cow's bellies for your ass. We gave you horses to ride. We gave you mules and donkeys to carry your loads to lands that you could never carry to, nigga, without hard struggle. He sends down water from that sky. How many other situations do we misread? And that's what the book's about. And I think the answer is lots. And, and you do talk about quite a few real underdogs in the book as well. And one of the examples you were mentioning at uh, lunch today was, uh, was about this girls' basketball team. Yeah. Tell us about that and how yeah. that shaped well, this is one of the things I got, reasons I got started writing the book is that I ran into a guy, some of you may know, the guy who founded TIBCO, this Vivek Ranadif. I met him at a conference and didn't realize who he was. Weirdly, by the way, I had another experience with the, in this exact same thing where I met someone at a conference, did not realize where they were, who they were and just had a conversation about sports as a result. The first person I did this with was Larry Page, <laughs> who I thought, I met him years ago, and I thought he was just a graduate student. And I had no idea. And so I was like, where did you go to school? Oh, you know, I'm from Michigan. So we just talked about Michigan State basketball for about 45 minutes. And then afterwards, people were like, do you know who you were talking to? And I had no clue. Anyway, I did the same thing with this guy, Vivek. So he started telling me about how he coached his daughter's, 12-year-old daughter's basketball team. And because he's Indian, he had no clue about basketball. So he goes to, I mean, <laughs> I, I can relate to that. OK, good, just checking. He had, there was no natural reason to assume he would know a lot about basketball. Uh, Underdogs. That's right, exactly. Uh, Although only India, a country of a billion people, could claim to be an underdog. Um, so Vivek goes and studies in his kind of software engineer kind of way, goes to study basketball games, and becomes convinced that Americans are completely irrational in the way they play basketball, because he doesn't understand why, if you are the weaker party in a game, you don't do the full court press all the time because you're gonna lose otherwise, right? And by not playing the full court press, you are allowing your opponent to do the, precisely the thing that your opponent excels at, which is to, to pass and dribble and execute 
choreographed plays. Why would you speed their, uh, their, um, uh, their, uh, why would you, why would you allow them to give, why would you, why would you give them the easiest possible route to doing the thing that makes them better than you? So he says, your only hope is to slow them down and to defeat them at the things they're not expert at, i.e., play the full court press. If it fails, so what? You're going to lose anyway. But at least you've, you've raised your chances of losing from, uh, 95% to something to something less than 95%. Right? So he teaches this, takes this group of, and he, this is relevant to him because his daughter's team is utterly without any talent whatsoever. These are, <laughs> these are the very, very, very skinny, somewhat nerdy daughters of programmers from Silicon Valley. <laughs> um, so he does this, and he, his strategy is, we're not going to learn, you're not going to learn how to shoot, dribble, or pass. Um, we're not even going to practice any kind of offensive plays. What you're going to do is, we're, I'm going to get you in really, really good shape, and I'm going to teach you to do this for the entire game. And what happens is that if you do this for the entire game in a basketball game made up of 12-year-old girls, the other team will not advance the ball past midcourt. And so Vivek's team starts to win by scores like 8 nothing, and, um, and they advance to the national championships. Um, it's so, it's such a hilarious story. And of course, the opponents are so um, flummoxed by this, first of all, and then outraged because the thing that Vivek is playing with his girls is not actually basketball, right? <laughs> if you don't dribble, pass, or shoot, um, and have no intention of so doing, and if the score <laughs> at the end of the game is something like 6 nothing, that's not basketball. That's another sport. Um, and so they throw chairs on the court. They challenge him to fistfights in the parking lot. They scream at the refs. And he is sort of massively indifferent. To him, this is more of the strange idiosyncrasies of the American sporting personality. <laughs> and, uh, but I love what I, it, that's a, that is a lovely illustration of my very point because why does Vivek why is he compelled to follow this strategy? Because he's got nothing, right? He's got bubkas. He, his girls are incapable of playing the game of basketball, right? So what does that do? It spurs him to find a completely alternate strategy that's far more successful. And this is, of course, the great story of innovation, right? That nothing... Um, uh, uh, nothing acts as a greater spur to innovation than um, the absence of advantage. Um, so if that's the case, you know, there must be situations where it is not advantageous to have advantages, right? If his girls, the only situation where he's better off is if his girls are really talented. So there's a series of conditions. You can be, you could have no talent, you can have massive talent, and you can be anywhere in the middle. 
The only situation where he could also have reached a national championship is in the 99th percentile condition, where his team is massively talented. But, but had he been in anything other, so he's in the 1% condition. That's advantageous, because that forces you to play the full court press. The 99th percentile condition is advantageous. But the 2 through 98 is not advantageous. And he said in that Quran, what the fuck would you do if we took it away? What would you do if we took away the water? We can cause the earth to swallow you up. Wait until you get to your grave, motherfucker. Okay, niggas can talk all that shit about me, whites, whoever the fuck. Nigga, Frisco Dom is a dumb motherfucker. I may be a dumb motherfucker, okay, but I believe in God and I fear what is in the grave that is awaiting my bitch ass, nigga, okay? I'm not gonna play with no shit like that, nigga, or talk about some shit, nigga, that created this entire world and this goddamn universe, motherfucker. So you got some motherfucking balls on you, nigga, to try to talk shit, nigga, to a god that you don't even know if he's sitting there listening to your bitch ass, nigga. So keep on talking shit, nigga. Keep on talking shit, nigga. Okay? But you got to go to that grave. You got to go to that grave. Every motherfucker watching this video got to go to that grave. And you're going to have to face whatever the fuck is waiting for your bitch ass. Okay? And I see a God saying, nigga, all your motherfucking life, you ignored me, motherfucker. You ignored me all your life. Now it is time for me to ignore your bitch ass, nigga. Now. Now. Send your bitch ass to hell, nigga. Ain't no motherfucking hell. I don't believe in it. You will believe in it when you see it, bitch. And you take that and put it in your motherfucking pipe and smoke it with your bitch ass. Now what, motherfucker? Five dollars a day? It's Not like three. There. Come on. It's bro. like three something. Yeah, come yeah. On. So, you know, just, yeah, I, I, I always give the invitation because I feel like um, um, the community, and it's literally hundreds of people. Yeah. Hundreds of people on the call every single day. So make sure you uh, go to themorningmeetup.com. We also got a Patreon if you want to show love to your favorite podcast. Uh, just yeah. go to patreon.com forward slash David Never Sleeps, Javon. Yep. Uh, yeah. Forward slash David Never Sleeps. Make sure you go check that out. Um, you can get like unreleased stuff. And hold on, Jeremy. I'm almost done. Okay. I, I'm doing commercials. You got to pay the bills. I love it. Oh, dang. I don't got my my phone number. I don't know it. You know what? You know my number? Hold on. Y'all can text me. I do pick up this phone, too. I, I actually text. So I got it. 404-737-4935. Make sure you text me. Yeah, make sure you text me. All right, cool. And uh, we're right back. Jeremy. Yeah. Thank you, man. Absolutely. No doubt. Thank you. Yo, real quick, and I know you got to go. We're going to close this out. But can I get like a five-minute conversation for my Patreon members. Okay. So Patreon is like people, it's like unreleased stuff. So everybody gets this, but you got like five, 10 minutes. Okay. Real quick. Okay. We'll make it quick. Okay. Yeah. Let's close it out. All right. So Jeremy, let everybody know how to find you, man. Again, thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you. Not only just the podcast, but your 
uh, mentorship to mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. Um, your tutelage, um, just 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 being who you are. There's nothing that you have that. Simpson, Ben, if the real estate event you are doing next week weekend sold is, out, sold out, sold out, done. You missed it. Does well. Will you do more? That's what I'm really thinking about doing. You know, we, we can't do big stuff right now. We're going to do small stuff. So I'm going to do small stuff, and if it works out, we're going to do it continuously and, you know, make it in small, easy, you know, groups where I can really get my point across. Uh, so it sold out, but, yeah, if this one works out, we'll do some more. Maybe we'll start doing them in Orlando. Maybe we'll do them in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the doctor for the twenty-five dollars. The doctor, doctor, doctor. Oh, doctor, no money. Normally give hundred dollar. Doctor only give twenty-five dollar. What's the matter, doctor? You lose your patience or what? Still waiting on the lazy river. Lazy river. Well, we'll talk about it. I'll be there on the nineteenth. Earlier. Honestly, let me tell you something. That freaking lazy river saved me today. I had such a rotten day. With so many things going on that, you know, my wife says, hey, why don't you go get in the pool? It's really nice out here. This is before this lousy rain came. You know, I was sitting there depressed, thinking about this old stuff going on. And I says, you know what? She's right. So I took a nice swim and got some exercise around the river. But the goddamn pumps, I think, are cuckoo now. I swear to God, the pump was going the wrong way and pushing me instead of helping me. I'm telling you, you got to talk to that goddamn pool guy. So it was like a workout going against the goddamn current. All right, what else you got? Um, David G. David G. Thanks for the $10. $10, thank you. And by the way, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh, I don't like the podcast, blah, blah, blah. You know, I appreciate, and Rafal really appreciates everybody that watches the podcast. It ain't a big thing like the videos, but hey, every bit helps. Rafal needs to eat, and, uh, you know, it helps a lot. And his motorcycle, tell us, Rafal, he tells me today what happened. Yeah, I was uh, throwing the trash today, and I noticed the empty parking spot where my motorcycle usually sits there and it's gone so my motorcycle was stolen today from not a bad neighborhood though i think that's so. when you start seeing things are getting really bad when things start getting stolen people start going out stealing they need money okay yeah. so you know i'm sorry your bike got stolen i know uh it was your favorite bike you europeans bike. like the motorcycle stuff especially yeah, he, I think you guys got more motorcycles than cars in Poland, don't you? Uh, no, not in Poland. Oh, but, uh, but a lot of those countries. A lot of scooters. Scooters? The 50s. Anyways. All right, so listen, Rafael needs a new motorcycle, so come on, help him out here. You know, poor Polak living here in Florida. He's used to the cold weather. He's sweating it out. That's why I bought a bike, so the wind's on him. Okay. Give me okay. yours. Anyways. Trying to buy a 14 unit for 990 grand, 25% down, 800 credit score, and banks are asking for a four three quarter rate with 520 recourse loan. I would 
I could buy it cash. Any ideas how to get a, a reasonable offer? Listen, you're 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 getting ready to pay how much? How much is that deal? Nine hundred ninety. Nine hundred ninety thousand dollars, almost a million dollars, fourteen units. So how much is that a door? Roughly about what's that? Seventy seven times uh ten is seven hundred. Seven times four is twenty eight. So it's about seventy a door. Right? Seventy-two, yeah. Alright, so sounds like a good deal. Hopefully you did all your homework and make sure the rents are gonna equal and pay you all the bills and leave you something left over. Hope you got a good return. But um I mean if the banks are willing, you know, the point is, you know, if you're gonna put out cash, then you gotta get a discount, okay? Cash is king. You know, if they want a quick cash deal, baby, they gotta give you a discount. So I would try and then go out and refinance it, okay? Uh, so, you know, that's an option. That's probably what I would do. You know, that's what I always do. If I have the cash, I try to buy up the cash quick and cheap. And then I go back to the bank later. So, but in the meantime, I mean, how much is, what's the question? What's the, what's this rate for something? You know, I mean, you know, you shop around, get different rates. I don't know. It depends on where the building is. If it's an A, a B, a C. Uh, it depends on the bank you're dealing with. It depends on how strong you are. You know, have you gone Fannie or Freddie? If you're looking for long-term debt, I mean, you know, every situation's different. But, you know, you should definitely always go to more than one bank and get a, um, a commitment letter. You know, give them all the information on the property, show them who you are, and say, give me a commitment on this deal, you know, and... And there's, uh, you know, tons of banks out there, but I wouldn't go with only one bank giving you an offer. But it didn't sound like a bad offer. What was he talking about now? He was talking about a 14-unit, 990-grand building, 25% down, 800 credit store score, and banks are asking for three-quarter rate with 520 recourse. Three-quarter rate? I don't know what Let that means. Let me see means. it, please. He wrote out three Hello, hello, hello. Here we go. We got... Four and three-quarter rating minutes. So he's getting 4.75 is three-quarter rate. 4.75 with a 5.2 recourse loan. Oh. Full recourse. I don't know. You know, you can bargain. Ask him for a lower rate. You know, say, hey, do you loan, uh, you know, with uh, a spread against the LIBOR? You know, or what do you, what do you, what do you, don't be afraid to ask questions to banks, okay? They loan you money based on a certain rate. You know, they got the cost of funds, they got the LIBOR, they got the treasury. You know, find out what they're loaning you and how many points they're making on it. I'm going to be honest with you. A bank's got to make minimum two points to just, you know, to operate. You know, it's called the, you know, cost of fund. Um, you know, what it costs them to operate. The bank's got to make a couple of points. Unbelievable, right, that they managed to kind of resuscitate themselves and transform themselves. But they had, they might be uh, sui generis. You know, it's, maybe they were just in such an unusual position and had were so deeply rooted in so many parts of the world and had such a deep bench that that was possible. But the rule is you don't get to... It's not going to last longer than a generation or so. Maybe that's... Maybe part of the answer is that's fine as long as you don't think about 
Google, as long as you think about you, right? So um, years ago, I remember doing this, it's the first time I, this was hit home to me. Um, I went to Rochester, and in Rochester, in the, used to be a high technology hub, right? Kodak, uh, Xerox, Bausch & Lohm. But one of the biggest employers in Rochester, high-tech employers in the 1960s, was uh, General Dynamics. I think General Dynamics. One of the big defense contractors. They employed vast numbers of engineers. And they basically, their business model implodes after the Vietnam War. And they shut down their operations in Rochester and moved away. And everyone said, oh my God, it's over, right? One of the biggest employers in town has folded. And what happened if you went back 10 years later was you discovered that the talent that left, that was kicked out of General Dynamics, went on to start so many startups in Rochester that they sparked a whole second wave that ended up actually being, um, in terms of employment and income brought into the city, greater than the benefit General Dynamics had, had risen. In other words, so Google may f fall one day, probably will, but you won't. You all guys will all, hopefully, many of you will go on and do other incredibly cool things because of what you, in part, what you learned while you were here. So you, you can look at it two ways. There's a pessimistic view, but there's also a view that says, no, it's part of the natural cycle. You probably don't want to be working at Google. Am I, is this horrible to say? <laughs> um, 25 years from now. You know, you, and nor does society want you to be if, if this company doesn't evolve in dramatic. Maybe it will. I mean, I'm just using Google as a stand-in for, let's use another company. Let's say, <laughs> let's say, Microsoft. I mean, at this point, would the world be better off if Microsoft disappeared tomorrow? Yeah. How many, how many unbelievably talented people are trapped working on the umpteenth version of Word? Right? Like, that's not a good use of 150 IQ points. Um, so I don't, you know, I would, I'd be, I would be less, um, I'd be more kind of sanguine about this problem than you might be at the moment. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> I can't think of a better note to end on, so. I was like, boo, he kind of extra. Like, he talking about I changed his life. She's like, nah, bro. My man was getting $1,500. He just spoke for an hour virtually and got 10 grand. So she was like, yo, own that. I was like, come on then, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, like, for real, and everybody not getting that. I got some people getting $1,500, $2,500, four grand. It's all over the place, right? Yeah, right? But the fact that you can do that virtually or in person, Ain't changed lives, ain't nothing like it. So uh, I worked 40 hours a week to make $3,000 a month. 
Oh, yeah, the, the Cheesecake Factory. And so you see why when you first asked how about the price, I even feel weird sharing it. Because all my partners, Marcus, like Neo, Josh, like all the homies is like, bro, your course is like, it needs to be five grand for everything that you're doing. And they got access to you. And they coming on Yo, the call. don't calls. let Neo pressure you because he be pressuring me, bro. Every time <laughs> I talk to him, I'm not charging enough. Like, I'm like, yo, bro. Every me. time. Every time. <laughs> and I be hearing it. And But, but when people sure. in my community was like, yeah, I would have paid five grand for this. Mm. I would have paid more. That's why when you first asked how much, and I was like, it's two grand. And you was like, can we get a discount? That's why I was a slightly hesitant because it was just like, because I'm on camera too. Right. A pressure. You know what? <laughs> Yo, listen, if you but, but I love it though. I don't, I'm not gonna renege. Sure. No, no, no. But let's let's just take this out. If it because if things change, we don't know how this joint is gonna be on for 10 years, right? Right. So if it changes, just promise me it will be a discount under what you normally charge. Yes, on for next sure. Level. Speakers Academy. Never came across this motherfucking video. Nigga got me mad like this. You faggot motherfucking bitch. That's what you is, Charleston White. That's what the fuck you is, nigga. Okay? How many times I got to make videos about your bitch ass, nigga? How many times I got to check your bitch ass? I told you, motherfucker, to watch what the fuck you say, you dumb motherfucker. A bitch ass nigga. I don't agree with no motherfucking nation of Islam. The reason why I don't agree with them because they don't believe the same thing that the regular Muslims believe. They are not Sunni. Okay? They don't believe what we believe. They don't believe in life after death. They don't believe in judgment day, nigga. The Quran says clearly talks about judgment day and warns you of judgment day, motherfucker. All these books warn of judgment day. Okay? Now, you sitting here taking a risk talking about God and saying that he don't exist when you don't know what the fuck is out there in the motherfucking universe, you dumb motherfucker, okay? You ain't been on this motherfucking earth, nigga, no more than 40 or 50 years, you old, dope-fiend-looking motherfucker. Probably younger than me. I'm about to be 50 motherfucking years old, nigga. And your ass looks 65, motherfucker. Dolphin ass motherfucker talking all that motherfucking shit. If I don't got nothing good to say about somebody, I'm not going to say nothing at all. If somebody come at me and they got a problem with your bitch ass, then I got to come back and check your dumb ass again. Until you listen to what the fuck people are saying about your stupid ass, nigga. Then I Clean your credit, you know what I'm saying? 
because like me and you both know they ain't you can't get anything you can't get a subway sa- you can't get a subway sandwich you have to fix your credit bro you know what I'm saying because they feel like you're poor if you don't have a decent credit score you have to have it first thing they're gonna do is let me run your credit your ass gonna be sitting there looking cross-eyed like uh well you could have just took the pay the two bands off gang the whole time. All right, man. You got tattoos and shit. Good. You listen, bro. You spending all your money and everything else, but what's important? No, nah, this was this shit was over time. Like you know what I'm saying. I'm older now. I'm 33, folks. Oh you know man, you old too. You talking about you old too? But I'm saying. But... I, only reason I'm saying this. I'm saying that you old, gang, because 33, you ain't, damn, ain't nobody talked to you when you was 20-something, 25? Nah, like, nah, you want, look, I'm going to tell you some real shit, Joe. When we was shorties, like, motherfuckers ain't tell us about credit and shit. Like, even when I went to the U.S. Bank and I took that 1500 out, like, I'm like, man, fuck credit. Like, you feel me? So you just said, I'm going to keep the 15. What you do with the 15, gang? No, nah, it was around Christmas time also around that time, so I, I put it to, I ain't flipped that shit, but I just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just finessed I could have had so, it, but I So just, you just, so you just fucked they 1500 off, like, man, fuck credit and everything. Hey, look, look, let me yeah, ask you something. So the reason, do you understand the reason why the bank gave you that 1500? Nah, because they, they, it was like, it was like long. I went to the ATM. You feel me? This how I started off. I took a couple hundred out. I'm like, damn. Then I came back, took a couple hundred more. I'm like, then I'm like, fuck it. I'm finna run it up in this bitch. Right. To my mom. So I just so did you, So so you took a. So now, let me tell you why they gave you the fifteen hundred. They gave you your fifteen hundred dollars because they knew you was gonna fuck it off. And guess what you did. I fucked that shit off. You fucked it off. <laughs> Listen, bro. You did exactly what they thought you was going to do. You could have been... See, this is how you finesse. What you should have did, you should have just went on to pay them their money back, right? And mm-hmm. then, once you would have paid them their money back, they would have been on dick. So now they're trying to give you 5, 6, 7, 10, 15. You know what I'm saying? Because their whole goal is to get you to start spending money. Right. That's their goal. They want you to spend their money because they make interest off it. They keep offering you shit and you not really spending or you spending it little. They know you got a bag. All right, give me a $100,000 credit card. Guess what I'm going to do every month on it? I'm going to go get gas. I'm going to go get gas twice a week and barely use that bitch. Like, I don't need that shit. Now they trying to hit me with the two, three hundred, four hundred, unlimited, right? Because they want you to spend mm-hmm. the money. That's how they make money off you. But you know what you did? You showed them the nigger. You feel me? You got real niggerish. You got real niggerish, gang. You took the fifteen hundred and you finessed. And guess what they did? They dipped you back down. Oh. What's your credit yeah, score? Tell them your credit score again. It's like a five something. Ooh, five boy. Something. 
They didn't only did they not only did they dick you down, they they gave you a disease too. Yeah, they got down on me. I'm thinking on you know what I'm saying? I knew it was gonna fuck me up in the long run, but you know what I'm saying? It ain't shit to be covered. Yeah. And they did it raw. They fucked you raw, mm -hmm. gang. Yeah, so I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like you like damn, they throwing me how to get how to find their budget y'all thought i forgot i did not y'all must have forgot <laughs> i did i ain't gonna lie that's why i was trying to control the company no i don't mind giving it <laughs> i don't i don't mind giving it so this is what i tell this is what i tell a lot of people right when they go to the website um you have an order form mm -hmm. you have you have the name information stuff like that um but when you put estimated budget of speaker like bro when you put that there you let them tell you what they're willing to pay. If they come in lower, if they come in and say, hey, my budget is, you know, 1500 but you know your starting price is 2500 then you get on the phone, hey, I see your budget is 1500 My starting price is actually 2500 How can we make this happen? You know what I'm saying? And then you you put the ball in their court. Oh, and sometimes they'll say, oh, I really didn't know what to put. 2500 is totally fine. Or they might say, you know what, we're strapped. We're tired of one school. We just don't have the funds. Then you have an opportunity. But that that right there literally, bro, changed my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew mm. I was going to do really well. I kind of prided myself, like, I'm making doctor money. Like, one of my best friends, a doctor, I'm mm. like, you know what I'm saying? He making 120000 I'm like, I'm making doctor money for a year. Yes, sir. But when I did that, I looked up in, yeah, like, year two, year three. I said, like, yo, I'm making doctor money every month. I was just like... You know what I'm saying? Because when they start saying I got eight grand or I got fifteen grand, I was just like, "Ooh, let me show you." I'm gonna send you the. I'm gonna show you the um the picture if I can find it. It's probably at the very top. My very first. Uh, I'm gonna put up, put in the music. People think oh, I'm gonna go to the studio every day, and one of these songs gonna be a hit. Yeah, one of them songs gonna be a hit, but not if you don't got no money. You have to have some money behind the song. Period. It ain't gonna work. Nobody's gonna hear. You're only gonna set yourself up for the be these bigger artists who have money to be digging like they do. These bigger artists, they don't do anything but go on YouTube, find artists who don't got no money, and steal their shit. You feel me? They steal their shit. Yes, y'all know. Y'all heard about it. Oh man, that was my song I made in 2015. That was my song I made in 2014. That is not fake. That's all real. They're going to go take your song and switch that shit around. So, you need to stop putting out that fucking music and get a bag. Get the bag. You get more respect anyways from everybody. From the vloggers, from this person, from that person. They definitely want to see you come from the ground up. But they definitely want you to have everybody. Like for me, right? I, like, I'm, I'm assigned somebody, right? But me, I need a hustler like myself. You feel me? Like, you, like, when you look at all these other artists who have these guys that they sign, notice that they sign big hustlers. Big time niggas that's getting money. Big, you know, niggas ain't really just going to sign the niggas that ain't got no type of hustle in them because it's almost like a drag. It's almost like a, you know what I'm saying? It's one of them, like, damn, bro. You feel me? Like, niggas is looking for that. That hustling nigga, the nigga that make you excited when they come around because they always get to the bag. That's fun. You want a you want a fun motherfucker like 
you know that they always got the and assassinate Malcolm X. So why we gonna listen to them dumbass niggas? Man, fuck them niggas. And I doubt you niggas to come down here in Texas fucking with me, nigga. I doubt you. I doubt you. I'm bad down here. Yeah, bitch, and then I'm bad in New York. Yeah, nigga. Fuck wrong. You think y'all gonna scare me because a nigga say fuck Farrakhan and y'all mock Jesus all motherfucking time, nigga. I serve white Jesus, nigga. Yeah, I ain't known know nothing about no nigga Jesus. All I know about is white Jesus, nigga, with the blonde hair and the pretty motherfucking blue eyes, nigga, when all the little kids around him with the lamb. Nigga, I don't know nothing about no other motherfucking kind of Jesus, nigga. Yeah, you ain't living like that. You a motherfucking liar, nigga. I'm living better than the average. I'm living better than Farrakhan, nigga. Yeah, I'm living better than Farrakhan. I ain't got to beg for no money at the Million Man March, nigga. Yeah, yeah, I'm living better than Minister Farrakhan. I'm living better than most you motherfucking Muslim niggas with bow ties, nigga. You nigga can't fuck plenty of bitches like me because the Muslim nation will whoop your motherfucking ass, nigga. Yeah, you nigga got to add hero to the motherfucking nation of Islam. You niggas ain't no motherfucking man. You nigga can't walk around and grab your dick like this here. None of that shit. If Minister Farrakhan catch you, nigga, grabbing your dick, talking shit like me, he'll whoop your ass, nigga. I can't nobody whoop my ass, nigga. Yeah, fuck you, motherfucking nigga. Then fuck you, Muslim niggas overseas. All you Muslim niggas overseas that write with the lines and the scribble scrabble words and don't use letters, fuck you. You ain't done nothing to George Bush. He went over there and knocked down Saddam Hussein's statue and took you motherfuckers all well. Fuck you, Muslim over there. And you Afghanistan Muslim, you ain't still been able to beat America, nigga. I am a natural born American citizen and we hate Muslims. I am a natural born American citizen. I put my hand over my chest when the, they sing the national anthem. I think it's disgraceful for any nigga to kneel when that white boy national anthem come on and you niggas ain't killed no white boy to kneel. Yeah, kill a white boy to kneel. Nigga, to the end, stand up and put your motherfucking hand over your heart and sing that motherfucking national anthem with us, nigga. You, you, you go to McDonald's, don't you? Yeah, you niggas say, man, fuck you. I ain't never in my life met a motherfucking Muslim at the family reunion. Never. I ain't never met a goddamn Muslim at the family reunion. It's all niggas. And when we get through praying at Christmas in the family reunion from mama to mama seal, nigga, everybody hollering in Jesus' name. I ain't never in my life heard a motherfucker scream, assalamu alaikum, till I landed in jail. Yeah, yeah, I ain't never heard a motherfucker say, assalamu alaikum, till a nigga went to jail. Yeah, nigga didn't know what the fuck that was. So all you niggas take your motherfucking ass to the penitentiary, go down there, read some books, fuck you a few niggas, or fuck you a few punks, or have you a few fights, smoke you some weed, drink you some hooch. When you get through tired of fighting and fucking punks, you niggas want to pick up the Quran. And, and, and have Jumar services every motherfucking Friday. You niggas ain't no real motherfucking Muslim till you can put a bomb on your back and one of you niggas blow your ass up. Nigga, them the real motherfucking Muslim. Until you niggas blow your ass up, fuck you niggas. I ain't scared of now motherfucking Muslim that's part of a Muslim group and they ain't on the white boy's terrorist list 
over there in Cuba at the Guantanamo Bay facility. Yeah, you niggas go to federal prison. Fuck you niggas. All you niggas went to federal prison, did what that white boy said do, and you niggas cried like a motherfucker in that federal prison tank system, nigga. And you left your kids behind here. I ain't never left my kids out here with this big old dick, nigga. Some of you niggas, I done fuck a lot of you nigga bitches in that jailhouse. Catching them in the visitation room. My brother been in prison for 30 years. You know how many bitches I done fucked in 30 years coming down there to see you rag lad niggas in the penitentiary room and I see her at the gas station. I already see the bitch looking in there. You can't leave with her. She know I'm leaving and you can't leave, nigga. And I'm what the bitch want to see and I'm everything a hoe on the hill at the gas station.